Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. It is my honor to once again to be here with you. And I'm grateful for this opportunity. I've been in the presence of the Lord. And I feel like I know what he wants me to say this morning. And I know it will be challenging for you. But the word is a challenge. But the word is our help. As Pastor Angie said this morning, we don't back away from our help. And no matter where you are this morning in your marriage or if you're single, if you're dating or you're married or you're whatever your status is this morning. This message is for all of us. Like the message last night, we taught on foundations last night. Well, that wasn't just for married people. It was for everyone. And so likewise, will this this morning be for everybody. And you can apply these things that we're going to talk to you this morning to your life. You know, it's not the word that you hear that puts you over. It's the word that you do. But in order to really be a doer of the word, you got to really listen. And you got to really listen with a heart that wants to learn. You know, you know, I can't tell you, I've been with Dr. Jacobs for over 30 years. And he'll go to places and I go listen to him and he says, well, I'm going to teach on angels or I'm going to teach on this. And most often I can open my Bible and I know exactly where he's going to go. But I don't do that flippantly. I listen to it like it's the first time again. Even though I may have heard that message 20, 30, 40, 100 times, it doesn't matter. And I always get something else out. Just like he was talking the other day in our church and he was talking about a testimony or he was giving a testimony about one story that, uh, you know, one situation that happened in their life. And I told him in the back room, I said, Dad, I never heard you say this part of that story. See, because I'm listening. And, and I know the nuggets are in there. Things that's going to help me live my life. I'm not interested in just showing up somewhere. I'm interested in hearing the Word of God, applying the Word of God, and I'm interested in my life looking like the Word of God. Amen. And so as we get into some of these things we're going to talk about this morning and tonight, you don't want to miss any of these because they're going to help you in your life. Now listen, I'm not an expert in marriage. No human being is. But I've learned a lot in 31 years of being married to my wife. And I've learned a lot by being under Dr. Jacobs for over 30 years. And I'm grateful. And so I haven't arrived. I'm learning myself. But some of these things that I'm teaching you, as Pastor Jordan said last night, I'm not just teaching these things. We live these things. This is the way I live my life. And I think it'll help you to see some of these things. Amen. And that we can adapt some of these things to our life and maybe answer some questions why things maybe aren't going as well as you want them to go. Amen. So um, let's all turn this morning to James chapter 1. We're going to launch out there. And uh, I want to go a little different direction this morning. You know, my wife and I, we've been married 31 years. And uh, and in that time, I would say one of the main strengths of our marriage has been communication. In all the years, over 20 years, I've been pastoring now. And I would say without a doubt, Poor communication has been the leading cause of breakdowns in families, breakdowns in marriages, breakdowns in relationships. And I know like some of you think, well, I'm just a good communicator. Well, as we go through this, we'll see. (laughs) 
Because a lot of times people say, I, I'm, I'm a great talker. That don't mean you're a good communicator. Oh, yeah, I got the skill of talking. So I know I, I don't even need this message this morning. Well, communication is not the skill of talking. <laughs> you know, the average statistic today is 65% of all marriages end in divorce. And they cite it for lack of communication. Lack of communication. And so this is a very important subject that we're talking about this morning. And when we're talking about communication, most people, when they communicate, they communicate their emotions. And when you communicate your emotions, you often respond by your emotions. That's not effectively communicating. If you're going to learn to be a, if you're going to be, well, let me just say it this way. Effectively learning how to communicate is paramount to having a successful marriage. It's paramount. You've got to learn how to communicate to this person you're married to. And one of the greatest ways to communicate, write this down, is to learn how to listen. Developing good listening skills. And most people don't know how to listen. Well, this is going over like a lead balloon, (laughs) praise God. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. Listening is one of the easiest things to do, and yet, at the same time, one of the hardest things to do. But if we'll look at the Word of God and we'll follow the pattern of the Word and what the Word teaches us, not our family, not our education, not our experiences, if we'll look to the Word to find out what does the Word of God say about effectively communicating and then begin to apply these things to our life, your marriage will go to a whole nother level. The greatest intimacy in marriage is not sex. Sex is something that, that is, is built up to. It starts with communication. It starts with really sharing your heart, sharing your life with someone. That makes the intimacy that much more beautiful. Amen? And so we need to learn how to communicate with one another. And it starts by listening. Now let's look at this in James chapter 1. And it says here, verse of scripture here in verse 19. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Notice it says, let us all be quick to what? Hear. The word swift there means ready and quick. I'm ready to listen and I have, a, and I have a, 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 an urgency to listen. In other words, it's not I'm quick to talk. I'm quick to respond to you. I'm quick to diffuse what you're getting ready to say. No, I'm a ready listener. The Amplified says, understand this, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear a ready listener. Slow to speak. Slow to take offense. And to get angry. Notice it says we need to be what? Quick to hear and slow to speak. The Living Bible says, dear brothers, don't ever forget that it is best to listen much, listen much, speak little, and not become angry. It's better to learn how to listen, speak little, listen much. Speak little, listen much. And many people got this turned around. They talk much, listen little. 
You know why? Because they think that what they have to say is more important than what they need to hear. But the opposite is true. And then sometimes when we hear, we really don't hear. We're, we're not hearing. We're, hindered, we're hearing with an offended ear. We're, hinder, we're, we're hearing with a criticism hearing. We're hearing to retaliate. We're hearing to defend ourselves. We're not really hearing the person talking to us, sharing their heart at that moment. And that's where a lot of times in marriages, marriage break down. Because when they, when they begin behind the scenes and they're in my office, they don't have no problem talking. And it's like, go. And I always have to say, pause. Because they don't have any problem talking. They got problems hearing. They got problem listening. The woman will say, he won't listen. The man will say, she won't listen. Yes, I did. I heard you. No, you didn't. Because the way you heard me, you responded wrong. If you heard me, you wouldn't have responded that way. Because most of the time when we respond to someone, we're listening to defend ourselves. We're listening to take our position. You just put me in a place that now I need to defend myself. And we're really at that moment, we still aren't listening. We're, 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 all we're doing, we're formulating our attack. Right? We're, we're, we're listening, and as soon as you pause, boom. And everything they said to you, you didn't hear any of it. Because you're thinking about how do I need to def- de- respond and defend myself from this conversation. You know why? Because you're taking the conversation personal. You're not taking the conversation as an act of help. You're taking the conversation as an attack. Now, it can be that. But I'm talking about somebody that's got sense. Preface. And that will really be able to sit down and talk to you and try to share their heart without you attacking them back. At that moment, that is the greatest time of intimacy. Of listening to this human being that God put in my life that is now speaking to me about a situation or something that has to do with them. And I have the privilege of listening. You know, we don't think about it like that. Your wife says, well, can I talk to you? Oh, God. (laughs) Really? Honey, don't you know the game's getting ready to come on? And why are you talking to me? You know, for years, my wife would want to talk right when I'm going to bed. And I'm thinking, we had all day long, and now you're throwing all these things. I mean, it's like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Honey, I have a question. And I asked her, I said, why is it always at the end of the day? I mean, we were around each other all day. This surely could have came up at 3. Not at 12 o'clock at night, man. Really? Can we just talk about this? No, I want to talk about it now. Okay, praise the Lord. We'll see at that, uh, that time. And I didn't always handle that well. Let me just be honest. I know y'all don't either. Don't need to look at me like that. I know you had the same issue. But I, I, I would roll over and listen to her. And, and I would try to make my answer short. <laughs> but it never was short. Because it's, it's not just a question. It's a question with four parts. 
But I had to learn something. I had to learn at that moment I was really meeting her need and mine. I was meeting my need because I was learning and training myself to listen. And I was meeting her need because she needed to talk. And she needed somebody to listen to. Instead of me just rolling over and acting like I'm asleep. (laughs) Amen. And I'm telling you, you want to have an awesome, wonderful, fruitful, thriving marriage? Learn to listen. Learn to be a good listener. The most important part of communication is developing listening skills. You got to develop these things. It is a real skill, and it requires you to listen and not say nothing. And I, I know that's hard to most people. Amen. And uh, when I'm talking or counseling other people, you know, in my office, talking is never the problem. It's listening. It's listening. I would sometimes I'd say, okay, well, here, let me talk, tell me what's going on. And she would start talking. No sooner did she talk for 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and he's interrupting. And I said, hold on a minute. And she just keeps talking and talking. And she'll go on maybe about five minutes, tell her everything. That's, that's right. He's interrupted two or three times. And it's almost like I should have a striped shirt as a referee. Yeah. And blowing my whistle. And I would look at him and I'd say, sir, listen to me. What your wife is saying is her perception. And let's just say, for argument's sake, that this is not even true. It's her perception. And everything that she just said, you could have used to help your marriage along, and yet you chose to take a defensive position. You didn't hear one thing she said. All you heard is where you're hurt, and all you heard is what you need to say. You didn't even listen to her. And if you would have listened to her, we wouldn't even be here. And if you would listen to one another, you wouldn't need counseling. You're not listening because you think what you have to say is more important than what you need to hear. You're not listening to your wife. If you will listen to your wife or listen to your husband, sometimes it's that way. Where it's the man trying to talk and the woman's always interrupting. And sometimes I have to say, be quiet. And I hate to have to say that, not trying to be rude, but I'd say, ma'am, could you just be quiet a minute? Yeah. <laughs> and I say, now go ahead. And no sooner he, yeah, but I need, no, you don't need to say nothing. Right now you need to listen. And it's, it just seems like there's such a struggle in this area because we don't understand why we need to listen. We don't understand why do I need to listen? Why do I need to listen to this person? Because listening will allow you to hear what's really on the person's heart. And it makes them defensive at that moment. Well, they're defensive, or not defensive, but open. They're open at that moment. They're open to share their heart with you, and yet we're taking it the wrong way. So then you know what happens next time? They don't want to talk. Sometimes in counseling, men, they try to talk, but the women always interrupt. Always, always interrupt and tell it and tell it. I'm not pastoring anymore. And, they, and they'll say, Pat, I'm going to tell you how this thing is. Yep. This is the deal. 
And I'd look at her and I'd say, and you wonder why he don't open up? You're treating him like you're his mommy. He is not, you are not his mommy. You are supposed to be his wife, his helpmate. You're treating him like a little boy. You're treating him like, you know, your, your son, like you're being a mommy to him. And I'm going to tell you, men don't want to be mommied. The greatest need of a man is respect. How are you going to respect a man if you're treating him like a mommy? I think I need to go over here and preach. I don't know. Yeah. Because he's, he, he's, he, he's acting and you're acting defensive. And, he, and this is what he says. Pastor, I've had men tell me this. Pastor, there's no sense in me saying anything. She's already formulated. She's going to tell me what's in her mind. Then she's going to tell me what's in my mind. So there's really no need for me to talk. Why don't you just tell him? And he said, I don't tell her anything because she don't listen. I just hold it all in. And when men hold it all in, eventually there's a boiling point. And then all of a sudden there's retaliation. Then all of a sudden there's something that's boiling over where he doesn't really feel like a man no more. So now he has to, he doesn't know it, but now he's defending his manhood He's defending this, this headship that he has. And it comes out boiled over in anger and frustration because he's been holding it in. Because you want to tell him how he feels instead of listening to him. And as soon as I sit down with couples, it's almost like they just talk and talk and talk until they have to pause to breathe. Then when they pause, the other person gets in. And it's like World War III behind my behind my off in my behind my door. And it doesn't take me long to get a preview of what's going on in their home and what it's like every day. Cuz they don't listen. Everybody's talking but nobody's listening. Nobody's really listening. Good preaching. Good. Amen. I don't know if I like this or not. See listening is the issue. You think about this in school. They teach us how to, you know, formulate sentences. They teach you about uh, verbs and nouns. And we have classes that teach us how to talk. But there's not one class that teaches you how to listen. Not one class in school that teaches you how to listen. Teach you how to formulate sentences and how to talk. But they don't teach you how to listen. Amen. Amen. Then we get into a relationship and we have no skill of listening. And we have issues right off the bat. Because we're not listening. Amen. Are you with me? You can save a marriage if you'll learn how to listen. If you just just make time for your mate and talk to them. What's going on with you? Talk to me. You know, how often do we do that in marriage? How often do we look at our mate and say, is everything okay? Is there anything you want to talk about? You talking about intimacy? This is the greatest time for it. Not listening will cost you. When you don't listen to one another and you formulate your own ideas about things, then what happens is because you're at odds with one another, you spend a lot of money to go to Christian counseling or a counselor, 
and you spend all this money, and at the end of the, at the, end of the conversation, the, the, the doctor tells you, your problem is you don't listen. And you spend all that money. Because he goes, well, what do you think about that? What do you think about that when they said that? How's that make you feel? How's that make her feel? And then at the end of it, he goes, well, let me give you a book. And your problem is you don't listen. Wow, that's just revelation to us. And you, got, you could have got that from church. I'm telling you, good listening skills will go a long way in a marriage. Because we don't listen. Amen. And I know sometimes men say, well, I, you know, I just don't like to talk. That's not true. You talk before you married her. You didn't show up at the altar one day. You had to have a conversation somewhere. I mean, at one point in your life, you did talk, correct? I mean, at one point in your life, you did make it a point to listen to her. At one point in your life, you did bring some flowers or do something nice, right? So how is it, after we've been married 15, 20, 30 years, you seem to forget that? It's called familiarity. We go along and go along and go along and everything around us just becomes common and we end up living with one another. Amen. And I I experience this all the time with couples. I'd say 95% of the time that people that come and see me behind for marriage counseling is because they don't listen. They're not honest with one another. They don't listen to one another. But if we would learn what this scripture says, that we ought to be slow to speak, quick to hear. I'm already, there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We need to listen twice as much as we need to talk. We need to listen. Now let's look over here in Proverbs. Are you with me? Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. I want you to see this here. Verse 29. He that is slow to wrath is of a great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. The Amplified says he is slow to anger, has great understanding. But he is hasty, who is hasty of spirit, exposes and exalts his folly. In other words, we need to listen to our spouse and try to understand what they're saying instead of reacting emotionally. And so many of these issues would be resolved if we would just learn to listen. What are you really saying? Proverbs chapter 2, look at this. Proverbs chapter 2. And I'll read this, uh, well let me just read it in the King James. It says, verse 1, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear into wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. In the Passion, it says, so train your heart to listen. Train your heart to listen. When I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, then pass it on, listen to this, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Pass it on to your sons and daughters. Sometimes in our marriage, if I don't understand my wife or something, I'll say, listen, I'm not understanding what you're saying. Or I'll tell her, no, that's not what I'm saying. Here's what I am saying. You need to listen to me. 
Or she says, you need to listen to me because I'm distracted. Or I got all kind of things going on in my day. And so I need to listen to what she's saying. And not be hasty in my response. Especially if she's not my mommy, she's my helpmate. But there, if there are things in my life or situations in my life or things that I do or the way I react or the way I respond, I expect my wife not to be my mommy, but to say, honey, can I talk to you about something? Because I know at that moment she's try, not trying to mommy me. And I don't need to puff up like a bullfrog and have my mane out like Mufasa. You know, woman, you ain't telling me nothing. No, at that moment, I'm realizing she's really at that moment, my helpmate. She's really trying to help me right now not to be rude or not to be insensitive or not to be sharp toned or not to say things I shouldn't say. But it's all in the way she presents it. If she comes across to me in a harsh way, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to retaliate. Right. But if she says, honey, you know, I want to hear the word. Honey, that just kind of smooths it over good. <laughs> Honey, can I talk to you about it? Yes. And sometimes she'll say that and I'll say, you know what, you're right. And I repent of that. And I'm sorry, you're right. And I'll, I'll do better at that. See, that conversation that she had with me, I'm listening, but I'm listening to hear what she's trying to say. And that conversation has helped me. Now, I haven't always done that great with it. I'm not perfect at it. But I know when she says I need to talk to you about something, I know it's going to be a help to me. And sometimes we don't like to hear what our mate has to say or want to say, but it's a help to us. Sometimes we avoid conversations that we really need to have. The closer you're going to be with your mate will be the closest that you have communication. Your intimacy with your mate is not always sexual. It is this communication that we have with one another. It is that time that we share with one another, sitting on the back porch with a fire and just talking, having a cup of coffee together, just talking. You're talking about building a strength in marriage. You're talking about building a strong marriage and listening and making time for each other. Well, hallelujah. But you got to train yourself. Train yourself to do this. And again, it says, so train your hearts to listen. How do I train my heart to listen? When you're getting ready to have a conversation on the inside, say right now, this is what pastor was talking about. I'm going to keep my mouth closed. I'm going to listen to what my wife tells me or my husband tells me. And then I'm going to repeat back to them what they said. Or I'm going to say, honey, are you finished? And then I'm going to now impart. I'm going to now speak. Now, I know this may, sound, this may sound elementary, but I'm telling you, people deal with this. Do you all deal with this or am I in the wrong place today? No, we deal with this stuff. And we all want great marriages, but great marriages aren't found. They are made. And it says here, so train your hearts to listen. When I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, man, that's powerful, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. So it takes discipline to listen. And it's the one skill we all need to improve on. 
And notice this, listening and your ability to listen is passed on to your kids. Because they're going to learn from you. We can pass this communication skill. We can pass this listening ability into our children because our children are always seeing mom and dad listening and not interrupting and not being rude and not allowing the enemy to get into our conversations. But we're on purpose listening. Are you all with me? So let's talk about some of the things we can do that will help us with our listening skills. Number one, stop interrupting. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 18. Stop interrupting. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number uh, 13. It says, he that answereth the matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame unto him. Another translation says, to respond to a matter before you hear about it shows foolishness and brings shame. And this is what happens, like I said earlier, when you counsel people. They're always interrupting one another. And they even interrupt me. Sometimes I'll sit there and talk to them, and all of a sudden they're interrupting me. And I said, you are not listening. You don't even realize it, but you just interrupted me when I'm I'm trying to help you. And the reason why you interrupted me is because your mind is going and going and going. And now you feel like now is the right time to defend yourself. And everything I just told you, you didn't hear me. That's why you've been here for the last three times, you and your husband. And we go with the same thing. And I tell you the same thing. And because you don't listen, that's why your marriage is not changing. I don't have another Bible that I get for counseling. It's the same one I preach out of every Sunday and Wednesday. And until you decide to do the word of God, nothing is going to change. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor, you ain't married to her. I understand. I may not be married to her. And she can say the same thing about you. But I'm telling you, if you will learn to be quiet and train yourself to be quiet, I'm not going to open my mouth until they are done. Interrupting is rude. And it shows, and it shows that you are not listening. It'd be like Dr. Jacob saying, and he's brought correction to me. I receive it. He's my dad. I, don't, I, I have no problem with correction. But if he says, hey, I want to talk to you about this and this, he's not halfway through his conversation, and I'm now retaliating, and now I'm trying to defend myself. I say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll make that correction. I'm listening because I know he's wanting to help me. He's trying to hurt me. He's trying to say, here's an area right here that I'm seeing as your spiritual father or my wife. You ever been corrected by your wife? Uh, yeah, a whole lot. A whole lot. Not that she's the big correct all or have I corrected her? Yes, but it's in love. It's not to hurt her. She's not correcting me to try to hurt me. She, she, is, she, is, she is my greatest advocate. She's my greatest fan. And I know that if she's going to bring correction to me in any area, I know it's going to help my life. Now, is it always received well? No, but I'm working on it. I'm a human being too. I'm not perfect. But I've come a long way. And I'm learning to listen. Amen. So when, you, when someone's talking to you or your mate's talking to you and you're always interrupting, it's rude. And it shows you're not listening. 
And it shows that you're, that you're listening emotionally, not spiritually. You're listening emotionally because when they're done, you're going to unload. Well, let me just tell you about what you've been doing. And when that takes place, guess what happens in marriage? No communication. You're living one life. I'm living another. I'm at the golf course. You're at the shopping. We just exist. We come home every day. We eat dinner today. There's no passion. There's no intimacy. And I'm not just talking about sexually. That's gone too. There's really no time that we're really imparting into our lives. We just are married. Just are married. Because we put all of our energy into our children and not our mate. All the time we grew up, we made our kids our friend. We, we made decisions that caused us to separate ourselves, that you're at this side and I'm at that side. So we already have skill in that area of being apart. Because we ran to this field, and you take these kids, and we'll take them here, and then we'll eat somewhere in the middle, and you don't realize that what we're doing is you're sowing division within your own family. Then as the kids start to, I'm preaching really good right here, but as the kids begin to grow up, and as they grow up, and then all of a sudden mom doesn't have anything to put back into the kids because the kids are now ready to go on with their life, she looks at her husband and says, help me, I'm married. Who are you? Or vice versa. Because we didn't spend this time. Listen, if you want marriage to work, marriage has to be first. She's first. My kids were never first. Never. We, her and I, we raised our kids around us and around the word of God, not around what they wanted to do or where they wanted to take us. We imparted into our lives. We've been imparting into our lives for 31 years. When my kids got up, grown up, was getting ready to get out of the house, it was sad for a moment. <laughs> and I'd walk past their room and go, yeah, praise the Lord. And maybe you can get sad a little bit. But then I started, praise God. Because <laughs> I had been developing a relationship with her all those years. Yes, so it's easy to talk to her on the back porch. Her and I are around each other. Her and I are around each other every day, all day long. I was on a plane the other day after this COVID thing, you know, uh, this COVID thing. Someone was saying, you know, they just got out of the house and they said, help me. I've been with my husband for 30 days. I like to kill him. <laughs> and the other couple said, and the other couple, uh, one guy was sitting in the seat. He goes, hey, would you all like to sit here? They said, we've been together long enough. It don't matter if we sit separate. <laughs> And I was sitting there thinking, my God, I'm glad I don't have that kind of marriage. I've been with him. I can't handle him. I've been with him for 30 days. And I sat back and thinking, I've been married for 31 years, and my wife is around me every day, all day, every day. And that's wonderful. I mean, I get up in the morning with her. I talk with her. I give her a kiss in the morning. We have our coffee. We go read our Bibles. We're around each other. I got a great life. But at the same time, it's sowing into it. It's making time for one another. I hope I'm helping you this morning. Being a good listener has nothing to do with being male or female. It has to do with caring. You should write that down. 
has nothing to do with being male or female. It has to do a good listener is one who cares. Somebody that cares. Time is your greatest asset. And nothing else communicates that you care more than you give another person your time. Nothing you can do that communicates more that I care for you than to give me your time. When we're listening, we're communicating to the person. Or when we don't listen, we're communicating to the person that we don't care. That's what we're communicating. That we don't care. And we need to change that. Listening requires your undivided attention. That means you're not on your telephone. That means your wife is talking to you and you're not watching TV or sports. You're actually looking at this person. Novel idea, isn't it? They, I'm actually looking at them. <laughs> but I'm not interrupting. I'm listening. If my wife wants to talk to me and I got the TV on, I hit pause. I want to be able to talk to her. I want to make eye contact to her. Because when I make eye contact to her, that tells her, I have your attention. I'm, you're listening to me. You care. Instead of going, yeah, I know, honey. Yeah, that's right. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me know when that gets done. Supper about ready? Amen. It's making eye contact. It's showing the person that you really care. And sometimes we squash one another and and we don't allow the other person to talk. We dominate. There's a dominant person in the relationship. If we're not careful, we try to dominate one another instead of listening to one another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, listening shows you care. Listening is giving your undivided attention to the other person. I'm telling you, you want to have a successful marriage, this is what it's going to take. I remember one occasion that my wife told me, uh, she made this statement to me that I never forgot. She said, you don't always have to have an answer for everything I say. I just want you to listen. And I thought, wow. Because I always felt like I had to have something to say. She said, you don't always. You remember telling me that? Oh, yeah. She said, that That was really silly of me to ask her. Well, wasn't it? But I remember that because she asked me something and, you know, and I'll I'll do. She goes, listen, you don't always have to. You don't have to answer me. And I thought, I don't. I mean, I thought I did. No, sometimes. And then it was a real struggle for me. Now, should I answer this? Or am I listening? <laughs> I mean, guys, we need help, right? And that, that's the truth. The next time she talked to me, I thought, am I supposed to say anything here? <laughs> or am I just supposed to? I got the answer. I mean, I really want to say something right now. I really want to tell her, but I'm just going to say it. And I struggled with that. I really did. Honestly, I struggled with no, yes, no. And sometimes I'd even ask her, should I say something? I mean, you want me to say something? You want me to respond back to that? I know we're not the sharpest tool, but you know, praise the Lord, we're learning. But she helped me. Yeah, I want you to tell me. Okay, well, praise the Lord, here. But then there are other, well, you don't need to tell me that. Okay, well, hallelujah. (laughs) You know, you're trying to figure out all this. Amen. And what, but when she said that, it kind of went off on the inside of me. I thought, man, you know what she's saying? I just want you to listen. Yeah. 
just want you to listen to me. Just listen. And sometimes that was a struggle for me. Amen. I don't need you to talk. I need you to listen. Listening and spending time with my wife not only fulfills her need, but it fulfills mine. It brings our marriage more closer. No matter how old you get, you can keep the fire and passion in your marriage by learning how to listen and communicate with one another and spending time with one another. Amen. A successful marriage has a lot to do with the ability to listen. Number three, actively listen. When they're done, repeat it back to them. Now, honey, is this what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, well, tell me again. Because I want to I make sure that I heard you right. Actively, if I'm actively listening, I'm engaged. I'm saying, now, honey, is this what you said? You know, I've trained my staff to do that. Because sometimes I'll tell them to do something, and they do the opposite. And I'm thinking, what, what was they hearing? <laughs> you know what they were hearing? What they wanted to hear. What they thought I said. So I'll say, I'll be in a staff meeting with all my staff, and I'll say, now you repeat back what I just said to you. And a lot of times it's wrong. And we're right there together. What does that tell you? People don't always listen right. That's not a criticism. That's just the way it is. So when someone's talking to you, my wife, she'll say something. I say, now, is, you say, is this what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Wow, I didn't see it that way. See, I'm not saying it in a defensive mode. I'm, wow, I didn't see it like that. Well, honey, I, I didn't think that way. Well, I'm just telling you this is really. Well, I'll just have to pay attention to that. See, I'm actively listening. Actively listening is making eye contact because 75% of communication is nonverbal. Honey, I want to talk to you. <laughs> right now, I've been, th- this game, it, it's been all week. We've had six days. This game is on. Do you have to talk to me right now? Yeah, I need to talk to you right now. Well, that's, that's really communicating. Well, hallelujah. Yeah. The wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> Your response to what you hear is to address their concerns. It's not time to retaliate or defend. It's addressing their concerns. It's not a time when my wife says, can I talk to you about something? It's not a time for me to go, okay, when we get done, I'm going to talk to you about something. I'm just listening to her. And she may be saying something that could be like a corrective type thing. She's not a big correct. She doesn't correct me all the time. But it may be something that way that seems to be a bit corrective. That is not the time for me to go, okay, when she's done, then I'm going to tell her what she needs to hear. She didn't ask. Amen. And I'd say, honey, you know that you're right, and I'm going, to, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. Thank you for telling me, because I know you love me, and I know you want what's best for me. See, I'm actively listening, not in a defensive mode. Look at this in Proverbs 15. I hope you're getting some help this morning. It says that Proverbs 15, 1, it says a soft answer, turn away wrath. But grievous words turn up anger, stir up anger. The passion says respond gently when you are confronted and you'll diffuse the rage of another. Responding with sharp cutting words will only make it worse. Don't you know that being angry can ruin the testimony of even the wisest of men? Amen. 
So it's a soft answer that turns away wrath. I have to tell this testimony on my wife. She knows where I'm going with this. One day we, we were driving home, and I had done something, and I don't know what I did. It's one of them times where you as a man, you've done something, you don't know what you did. I don't know what I did now. I knew what I did then. But I told my wife, I said, honey, well, I'm sorry. Well, that wasn't good enough. I mean, she wanted me to pay or something. I don't know. <laughs> but we're driving home, and, and, and I'm just driving home, you know, from church, I think it was. And I said, well, honey, I'm sorry. And she just went on and on about it. And I said, well, honey, I'm sorry. Honey, I'm sorry. And I'm really listening. And I'm really sorry. And yet she wanted more out of me. She wanted an explanation. I didn't have one. I just said, I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, you know, and she just went on and on about it. And growing up, I used to play marbles. I used to like playing marbles. A lot of people don't, probably don't even know what that is. But anyway, we played marbles, had a good time. We'd all marbles. Well, when somebody would get mad and they'd get upset, they'd go right to the circle and grab their marbles and go home. And I told my wife, we were driving there, and she was, I said, well, honey, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. I, I really am. I'm, I'm sorry. I was almost laughing because I was sorry. But she wasn't taking that. And I said, well, just take your marbles and go home. And just saying that, just saying that to her. She knew what that meant, and she just started bursting out laughing. And, you know, sometimes in those moments, you know, it wouldn't have done me any good to go, listen, lady, I told you I'm sorry. What the heck you want? You want my blood? I mean, what is it? I mean, I said I'm sorry. What else do you want me to say? Do you want me to say it in French? Do you want me to say it in Spanish? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Yeah, but. Well, take your marbles and go home. And that just kind of diffused the whole situation. And she started laughing, laughing, and, and that was just a, it's just, it's a, it was a real lesson for us to learn. That we can, just a calm answer. I don't have to respond to someone in anger if they respond to me in anger. If I learn this verse right here, that I realize right now my wife is really ticked about something, then I'm either going to throw gasoline on this or I'm going to try to defuse it. I can either make this thing worse or I can help the situation. And I choose to help. Amen. And so, no, I'm not going to go there. And I'm going to have something, I'm going to have something nice to say. Honey, I'm sorry. Amen. Look at this in Ephesians. I'm just about done. You all right? See, we need to learn to listen. Dominating a conversation, Ephesians 4, dominating a conversation should never be the goal. Actively listening to the person should always be the goal. Actively listening. Proverbs, or uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and it says, verse 29, it says, I'm going to read this in the Passion. It says, and never let ugly and hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. See, it's an opportunity. It says, don't ever let your words be hateful and ugly. You know, you can destroy a marriage with words. Proverbs 18, 20, 21 says, death and life and the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You can retaliate in anger. You can retaliate in cursing. You can retaliate in slamming doors. You can retaliate in saying, I'm done, I'm finished, it's over. You can retaliate by cutting each other with words because they cut right to your heart. You can say things that you don't mean. Amen. But, but when you get done saying that, you can destroy a marriage. 
Because they don't forget those words. And then sometimes in a marriage, we don't know how to let it go. We want to bring everything back up that we've already said we've forgiven each other over. We want to use our past to hurt our present and affect our future. Instead of saying, you know what, I, I forgave you and I'm not bringing this up no more. And not using words to hurt this person you say you love. You have an opportunity right there to grow up. You have an opportunity to keep your mouth closed and respond in love and respond with forgiveness and respond with gentleness, not respond at the same level. Because when someone comes and my wife comes at me and I know she's irritated, I can either meet that irritation or I can help her diffuse it. I can be something that's pouring gas on this thing or I can be someone to diffuse this right now. Because I know that if she comes at me and I come back at her gently or vice versa, I come at her strong and she comes back at me gently, then guess what it's going to do? She not only diffused the situation, but she helped me to not sin and say things I shouldn't say. Or her. Now is not the opportunity to argue, to fuss and to fight. Now is the opportunity to find common ground and to move forward in this. Number four, make time for one another. Have date night. Have special night. Pastor Jordan just talked about that. Having a special date night and going out and spending time with one another. When do you do that? When's the last time? It could have been today. I don't know. But when's the last time that you really ever sat down with your wife or your husband and just talked? Doesn't cost any money to do that. Take that gift card that you're going to have for $50 and keep your phone in the car and go out to dinner with your mate and keep your phone in the car the kids are taking care of and have a, an adult conversation. And don't center it around problems. Don't center around your kids. Talk to one another. Honey, how are you doing? She may pass out at the table because you ain't asked her that in 20 years. <laughs> what do you mean, how am I? I mean, I, I want to know I love you. And I want you to know that I am sorry for all the years that have went by that this part of our intimate relationship has stagnated. I take personal responsibility for my side of it because I haven't done what I needed to do. And I want you to know I love you. You're the only one in my life that God gave me to walk with me, to be my helpmate. And I want you to know I love you and I'm sorry. I'm spending time. Or you sit down on the back porch and build a little fire or whatever and just talk and drink coffee together. Have that time. Special time. When do you ever do that? Nothing's more important to a marriage than sowing into it. What you don't sow into, you lose. When you stop sowing into it, I'm not just talking about expensive gifts. I'm talking about writing a card. I'm talking about maybe sending a text. I'm talking about just things that say I love you I'm for you. There's no one like you. You're talking about fortifying a marriage, strengthening a marriage. And you can't wait to be around one another at the end of the day. Sending a text if you're at work, and honey, you're just, you're just all that in a bag of chips. And I want you to know I love you. There's no one like you. You rock my world. Dot, dot, dot. 
And do you think that's not going to bless your wife or bless your husband? I just want you to know, if you're a wife, I just want you to know, honey, I appreciate you working so hard for us. I appreciate you going day in and day in out, going down there and working and sweating and doing all you're doing for our family. I want you to know I appreciate you. I appreciate all the sacrifices that you make. I appreciate you as, as your wife. I just want you to know I love you and I appreciate you. And I'm not going to take you for granted. And maybe I have. But I want you to know that I'm sorry. And I appreciate all the work and the effort that you put in to provide for our family and to be the head of this union. I love you with all my heart. No response needed. Dot, dot, dot. And he gets a hold of that. Shoot, man, come on. Y'all don't even know. Yeah, all of a sudden now his head just got four times bigger. His mane came out. He's Mufasa now. There's nobody that can encourage me like my wife. Somebody can tell me, they can say, Pastor, you know, that was a really good message, really helped me. Praise the Lord, I'm glad it did, that's what I'm trying to do. But if my wife says something to it, it means more to me. Because she's my helpmate. Amen. So you make time for one another. You talk about things that you're, in, that, that you're interested in. How about this? Talk about your future. What does your future look like? Do you ever talk to your mate about your future? Honey, you know, I'm real excited about our future. This is what God is showing me. I can't tell you how many times my wife and I, almost on a daily basis, we're feeding each other with the Word of God. What's God talking to you? What's God? Here's where we're going. This is what we're doing. When you get together and you have date night and you get together, sit on the back porch, talk about memories. Talk about funny stories that you have. Where you've messed up and fell down and people laughed at you. Just funny things. Memories. See, what are you doing? You're sowing. And it's not costing you any money. It's costing you your greatest asset, time. Because you're, you're going over these memories. You're, 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 you're sharing funny stories. Like I said last night, I try to make it a point every day to make my wife laugh. In some way. Of course, I just get up in the morning and she looks at me and probably laughs. But I try to make her laugh. Talk about your future together. Talk about where you're going and how you're going to, what, what, what are your goals? What are you going to achieve together? So you want to make a, you want to make a great marriage. It's more than just meeting somebody, having kids, and then living together. You can have such an awesome, awesome marriage, no matter where it's at today. If you just do some of these principles and take some of these things and start implementing them and see if you're single today, this is the kind of person you want. The kind of person I'm talking about. So you're getting information about how your relationship's going to be. Amen. And you talk about that. Well, my wife and I get together. We're not talking about generally. Now, sometimes we do, but we, get, we put ourselves in a check. We're not talking about members. We're not going to talk about the church stuff. We're going to talk about what's important to us. And we're going to have fun together. She likes to have fun. I like to have fun. And then we ask open-ended questions. We ask open-ended questions to one another so that we can get a response out of one another. Why? Because I want to listen. She wants to listen. I want to talk. She wants to talk. 
Effectively communicating with someone, you both leave with something. When one person leaves and the other person didn't leave with something, you didn't effectively communicate. We communicate when we both leave with something. Because we both listened. And we both heard. And I'm going to close with this. The last one is be determined to walk in the love of God. Believe the best of your mate. Cover them. Love them. Help them. Pray for them. Be there for them. Support them. Ephesians chapter 5. And it says here in verse 1. It says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now remember, we're going to be followers of God. Notice the next verse. And walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us. And hath given himself for us an offering and a, and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. So we need to learn to what? Walk in the love of God towards one another. Walk in the love of God, covering one another. Because you know what happens? The way you talk and the way you listen, you often bring that into your relationship with God. If you don't listen to other people, you're not going to listen to God. If you're doing all the talking, you're not going to listen to God in prayer. You're going to be doing all the talking. He won't be able to interject anything because all we want to do is talk instead of listening. The art of listening. I'm listening to you. And I'll close with this statement here. This was an article that was put out. I really liked it. Of listening in his presence. He who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prating in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of his spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. Good listening is a great means of grace and the dynamic of truth Christian fellowship. Not only is it a channel through which God continues to pour his grace into our lives, but it also his way of using us as his means of grace in the lives of others. It may be one of the hardest things we learn to do, but we will find it worth every ounce of effort when we learn how to listen. Amen. Did you get some help today? Amen. Praise God. God is good. You know, you need to go back and listen. You need to go back and listen to that. You need to go back and think about what we're talking about from the Word of God. And then, you know what? Be an active listener and be a doer of the Word. You know, regardless of what we said today, regardless of whatever has stood out to you today, use this to help build your marriage. You know, you may be doing some really good things in your marriage, and maybe you're doing everything I'm talking about. Then keep it up. Just keep moving forward with God. Maybe, you're, you know, maybe you need to make some adjustments today. You know what? Just make them. Be committed that you're going to make them and be committed to the, to the marriage that you have. Because a marriage is not found, a great marriage is not found, it's made. You've got you to spend time sowing into it. There's a whole lot more that can be said, but I've said enough. Praise the Lord. So let's all stand up this morning. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and Father, we're grateful today for your word. We're grateful today for what we're learning we're grateful today that, Lord, that we're not perfect, but, Lord, we're, we're, we're ready listeners. And we're ready to listen and to respond to your word. And, Father, I realize there's, a, there's so many of us and so many different dynamics in our relationships. 
But Lord, we can all step it up. We can all learn to listen better because it, it, it just goes right into our relationship with you. And so, Father, we thank you right now for the word of God today out of James chapter 1 that you said, let's be quick, swift to hear and slow to speak. Let us not be rude and interrupt one another. Let us actively listen. Let us walk in the love of God toward one another. And let us be quick to hear, slow to wrath. And Father, I pray for this congregation. And I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. For them to take this message this morning and begin to apply it to their marriage and to their life. And Father, if they need to repent to one another, and Father, I just pray that they will, that they will just take the time today to repent and to tell that one another that maybe I haven't been caring for you the way I should have been caring for you, listening to you. And I want you to know that I'm going to work on it as your husband or as your wife. And so, Father, I thank you for this congregation. And I believe, Father, for the adjustments that we need to make, that we're making them. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.